for Your Good Ministries International, a ministry going into all the world to make disciples of all nations as the waters cover the sea. This series is teaching on the law of first reference, that is, how we begin or upon what do we establish all things in our lives, and the law of first institution, that is, to what do we first work all things out in our lives. And now, here's Abraham. Well, a warm welcome again to all of those who may be viewing this program. Uh, this is episode 12 of a series that we've been teaching. My name is Abraham Foss from For Your Good Ministries International. We've been teaching over the preceding weeks on what we have referred to as the law of first reference. In essence, what does that mean? It means what do we refer to firstly in any context, season, anything we're about to pursue in life, any decision we're about to make in life. What is our starting point? What should be our law or our automatic go-to in any situation in life? That's called the law of first reference. When we make that a law in our lives, that before we start anything, we gain to the Word of God firstly, to find out how to do it, even to find out how to be it, we gain to the Word of God. And so let's look at some of the scriptures that we've used through the series. Today will be episode 12 and the last of the 12-part episode. And so today I seek to summarize some of the scriptures we've referred to that talk of or teach us of the law of first reference. So our very first scripture that we used at the beginning of the series was Genesis chapter 1. Verses 1 through to 3. Of course, it would strike us as obvious that that would be the law of first reference. In other words, what did God refer to firstly in Scripture? And so in Genesis 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God. So how do we start any situation or season or make any decision in our lives? We go to God. He's our first reference. How do we reference God? Well, John chapter 1 verse 1 gives us an insight. It says, in the beginning was the Word. So in the beginning of any season or situation, we go to the Word of God. We then build whatever we're about to build on a sure foundation. Before we start building, we lay the foundation of God's Word. And so in Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 through to 3, we learn some very key insights as to how we can deal with matters in our life. In Genesis 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Obviously what God created was perfection, represented His person, His nature, His nature, pardon me, all of that that represents God Himself, which is absolute bliss, teems with life and represents abundance and prosperity. However, in verse 2, we find something that's actually diametrically opposed or opposite to what we find in verse 1. Very interesting. So God creates in verse 1. Whatever God creates is good. And God was in the beginning. There was nothing before God. Yet verse 2 depicts something very different. It says, Now the earth was without form. God don't create things without, <coughs> without form. 
it was without form, <coughs> pardon me, and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. God didn't create that. It could not have been before God because nothing was before God. So something happened that represents verse 2. Theologians have different views on that. Was it something catastrophic that we don't know of? Scripture doesn't inform us of. Was it perhaps when Satan was thrown out of heaven with his fallen angels and they struck the earth? Maybe this represents the very personal nature of Satan. But whatever it was, what's important to me is what was taking place in this status prospectively for many, many years, maybe even millions of years. It says the Spirit of God was hovering, however not doing anything about the situation represented in verse 2. Was he disabled to? Was he unable to do it? Was he waiting on something before he could do it? Well, therein lies the answer because verse 3 says, And then God said, so when we do God's word, when we speak God's word, when we apply God's word, the Holy Spirit, as we taught before, brings conception or germinates the word of God. The word of God says, Mark chapter 4, is a spore, a seed, or even a sperm. So the Holy Spirit can only bring conception to the word of God. So when we go to the word of God, the law of first reference, we embrace it. May I say we ingest it and we begin to do it. We must know conception or germination has taken place and there's going to be a reproduction or a producing after the kind of the seed that we planted. So be that in marriage to function as husband or wife, as parent to function as father or mother, when we go to the Word of God, we embrace and begin to do it. We must know, know that a germination has taken place and a process that's going to produce a different product in our marriage or our family, in our parenthood is going to take place because the Word of God always reproduces after its kind. And so again, Genesis chapter 1, John 1 chapter 1, re-emphasizes or reintroduces in the case of John chapter 1 verse 1, the law first reference, which is to go to the Word of God firstly. We looked at Luke chapter 1, which was the account of the angel of the Lord coming to Mary. We said that Mary, her name means embittered one or rebellious one. So we get embittered because we're not aligned to the word of God is the picture of that. We don't know the history that represents the status of Mary's life. However, we do know that people in their culture were named consistent with what was going down in their lives or that they preceded their lives. However, when the angel of the Lord graciously brings a word, was, which was this, that Jesus would be birthed in the womb of Mary, we also find that the Spirit of God was hovering or covering or overshadowing the womb of Mary. But no conception could take place until Mary received the word in faith, acknowledged it and said yes to the word of God. Because in verse 38 it says this, it says, Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Friends, when we have a hard attitude that says this, Lord God, let my marriage, let my family, let my business, let my church, let my nation that I govern, let my finances be according to your word, and we embrace the word of God, then a germination takes place. So as Mary said that, let it be to me according to your word, says the angel of the Lord departed. Why? 
Because when Mary had received the word in faith, acknowledging and saying yes to it, the Holy Spirit brought a germination or conception to the word of God. And in that split second of time, Jesus Christ was birthed in the womb of Mary. It's a wonderful picture that when we say yes to the word, when we embrace it to the point that we'll do it, there is a germination that takes place. And the word of God is going to produce a product after its kind. We then answer the question, well, why do we get into pain and heartache, brokenheartedness, consequences in our life? Well, Scripture always gives us an answer to anything that we may ask. So the prophet Hosea in Hosea 4 verse 6 gives us the answer. This is God speaking. He says, my people, the people that know God, says my people perish or find the result of consequential pain, if you like, because of a lack of knowledge. What God is saying is my people don't know my word, let alone because they don't know my word, they're not doing my word, they're doing things their way, and they're finding destruction as the result, so they perish or are found in consequential outworkings because of a lack of knowledge of my word, that's also a lack of doing my word. Then Jesus gives us a wonderful insight in John chapter 8 and verses 31 and 32. Jesus shows us that if we're in a place of demise, of struggle, of heartache and of failure, he shows us how to get out of that. So Jesus says this. Then Jesus is addressing the following audience. He says, then Jesus said to those who believed in him, the first step is to believe in him. However, if we say it only believing in him, we limit the prospect of his intention for us to live the abundant life. Because he says as follows. So again, then Jesus said to those who believe in him, if you, in other words, it's my choice to make, God has given me and God has given yourself a will, we make our choices. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, God says, I set before you life and death, blessings and curses choose life that you and your descendants might live we get the result of our choices so god is imploring us encouraging us to choose life what is life his word is life the word of god is life so when we choose the word of god we've chosen life when we choose our way or a way that's opposite or inconsistent to the word of god we're not going to get the life result intention that God has for us because we haven't planted the seed of God's word. So Jesus said to those who believed in him, if you, in other words, it's for you to make this choice. If you abide in my word, take residence there, take habitation there, delve into the word of God. You can be say, you can say be baptized into the word of God. So it says if you abide in my word, not on my word, in my word, you ingest the word of God. Said, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples. So I'm not a disciple by believing in God. I'm a disciple by abiding in the word of God. And now Jesus is using himself as an example. A disciple is one who follows one who leads up front to get the result of the person who is up front. Jesus Christ was always victorious. Nothing stopped him, not even death itself at the cross. Why? Because Jesus himself abided in the word of God. Scripture says he fulfilled all of the law and the prophets. 
He fulfilled all of the word of God. The Bible says that Jesus only said what he heard the Father say, and he did what he saw the Father do. So scripture shows us what the Father does and what the Father says. When we do as the Father does, and we say as the Father says, we're going to get the results that Jesus got, which is success and victory and abundant life. So Jesus says, having now been disciples, says, and you shall know the truth. That's an experience. So now the word has grown and has produced a fruit, and we know the truth, we're living in the truth. What will be the result of knowing the truth? He says, and the truth we know, that experience of the truth, that doing of the word of God has now produced a fruit. He says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So every encumbrance, every heartache, every failure of the past, we're going to be set free from that by being a doer of the word of God. We then looked at Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, which teaches a very similar sequence principle that Jesus taught in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 says this. It says, this book, you could say of the word of scripture, you could say of God's ways of understanding how God calls us to do things. It says, this book shall not depart from your mouth. So we are to speak the word, because whenever we speak, we are planting a seed that reproduces after its kind. As God in Genesis 1, what he spoke created something. So whatever we speak creates. If we speak death or negativity, or speak that that's inconsistent with God's word, we're going to get a result of death or that that's not consistent with God's word. So yeah, Joshua is saying that this book shall not depart from our mouths. We are to speak the word of God. Not speak things contrary to the word of God. We must be cautious to what we hear because what we hear is what we tend to speak. He says, but you shall meditate in it. Again, there's that word in it. Meditate is to ponder, to delve deeply in, to find habitation in the word of God. He says, but you shall meditate in it day and night. It's a perpetual thing that takes place. When you are delving into the word of God, it's astounding how just perpetually it revisits you as you meditate on it time and time again, ultimately even of and by itself. He says, why you want to do this? That you may observe to do. It's doing the word of God that brings about the result of the word's intention. James says, be you doers of the word and not hearers only. Thereby, in other words, if we hear only, we are deceiving ourselves, thinking we're going to get a result that will never come. It only comes when we do the word of God. So it says, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So how do we make our way prosperous? Now, how do we have good success? Well, we meditate on the Word of God. We speak the Word of God. We observe to do, and by doing the Word of God, Joshua is saying we will make our way prosperous, and we will have good success. In Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, it describes a blessed man, then explains how the blessed man got to be the blessed man. So it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. 
other words, he doesn't walk in counsel that's not aligned to the word of God. Because that that is ungodly is disaligned to God or the word of God. So this blessed man, what was his first step? He made a decision that he is not walking in the counsel of that that doesn't represent the word of God. The ungodly. It says, nor stands in the path of sinners. Sinners of those who have trespassed, gone against God's word, and not got God's result. He doesn't stand in their path. He doesn't relate to them and habitate with them. He keeps himself separate from negative and that, that's not, and that that is not aligned to God's word. It says, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. In other words, he doesn't build relationships around those who scorn or mock or come against God's word. Because he knows what he hears is what he could become. The Bible says, Behold, bad company will corrupt good character. So this person who is blessed has realized he's got to step aside from that kind of input coming into his life. But in verse 2 it says, But his delight is in the word of the Lord, is in the law of the Lord. That that is first referenced by going to the word of God in every situation in his life. That's his delight. And in his word or in his law, in God's ways of doing things, in the counsel of scripture, but in his law, he meditates again day and night. We see that repeatedly. He's conscious, he's considered of, he's pondering on the word of God all the time. It says this blessed man will get what result? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. That fruit is coming because of the journey he walks that results in this blessed man. It says, whose leaf shall never wither. It's always nourished, it's always green, it's always filled with life. It says, and whatever he does, whatever he does, will or shall prosper. So whatever he does, he's a doer of the word of God. Whatever he does, shall prosper. Why? Because what he is doing is the word of God. For Your Good Ministries International. A ministry whose vision it is to go into all the world to make disciples of all nations as the waters cover the sea. For Your Good both hosts its own conferences and is also invited into other contexts to train and to teach. To train pastors and leaders and others in the fivefold ministry. Training to church governance with resultant unity. Mediate into and bring about conflict resolution. Training to marriage, family, and parenting. Training to the business sectors on how to be in unity and function successfully, for unity commands a blessing. Trains too into the educational sectors on how to be in unity and function successfully for unity commands a blessing. For You Good also establishes Bible colleges. For You Good Ministries ministers on Christian radio, on online platforms and on various social media platforms. Partner with us for For Your Good Ministries as a heart for all, is going into all the world to make disciples of all nations 
as the waters cover the sea. And email us for more information on our ministry services or to train into your contacts. Reach out to us on inquiries at foryourgood.net. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, we have an answer to why we can be met with failure or demise, heartache, pain, or anguish, or consequential outworkings. So Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says this, There is a way that seems right to a man, but at the end it results in destruction. So we sometimes go down the road called life, doing things the way that we think seems right. We may have seen something done in a certain way, so to us it seems right, but we find out it's not right, and only seem to be right. Why? Because at the end it results in destruction. So we don't want to go down a road that seems right, we want to go down a road that we know is right. So what way do we know is right? God's way. God created all things, and lovingly He shows us how to do all things. When we do it the way that God says will bring about success, success is our only result. Mark chapter 7 verse 13, we refer to this portion of Scripture, Jesus speaking. He says, we can make the Word of God of no or null or zero effect. So get no result from God's Word. How does that happen? says we can make the word of God of no effect by our traditions and our doctrines that have been handed or passed down to us by our predecessors. One translation says by our ancestors. In other words, we're doing things the way people have done it always before. And because we're doing that, we are nulling the word of God. We're not embracing God's word. And so we allow our cultural biases or persuasions, our traditions or our doctrines, to supersede God's word and we stop up the power of God's word to bring about God's result. And God's result is a blessed state that we prosper. So we need to know we have a new culture, a new way of doing things. We have the kingdom of God. We have a new father, a father in heaven. And his kingdom has come to earth and it lives in us. The word of God, when we do it, represents his kingdom, bringing about his results. So let's be quick to lay down our traditions, our doctrines, our cultural persuasions and biases. Let's be quick to lay them down because they will bring us destruction. We want God's intended prosperity and blessed status in our lives. We spoke about, as we summarize this series, that Peter describes in 2 Peter chapter 1, he says that God has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That's the word of God. Peter talks about having a knowledge of God through his word. And it says that through these exceedingly great and precious promises, we, we become partakers of the very divine nature or product of the person of God. And it causes us to escape the corruption that's in this world through lust. Lust again represents that that's contrary to God's word. In Hebrews 4 verse 12, we learned that the word of God is living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It can cut off our pathway of destruction and introduce us into a way of success and prosperity. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, we learn that God upholds all things by the word 
of his power. Another translation puts it this way. All things consist or are bound or are held together by the word of his power. When God created, it's the words he spoke that hold all of creation together. And so if God were to, and he shall not do so, but if God did not honor his word, creation would implode. I and you would implode and even God himself would implode. Because everything consists or is held together by the word of his power. In Matthew 24 verse 35 we learn that heaven and earth will pass away. Because we'll have a new heavens and a new earth when Christ returns. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will by no means ever pass away. We can trust the word of God. In Psalm 119 verse 89 we learn that forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. For us to bring the settled word in heaven to be settled on earth, to be settled in the situations of our life. So when we embrace and do the word of God and how to be a husband, how to be a wife, a mother or a father, a parent, how to do business, how to lead a church, how to lead a nation, etc. When you go to the word of God, we're going to get a settled result that represents heaven itself. We then learn from Hebrews chapter 6 that God is not a man that he could lie. Whatever God says shall come to pass. When we do God's word, it's going to come to pass. We are going to get God's result. In the book of Numbers 23 verse 19, it says much the same. God is not a man that he should lie. And behold, he has given commandment to bless. The word of God is a commandment that brings about blessing. And he is blessed and he shall not reverse it. God will never reverse his word. His promise intention will always be our result. And God will watch over his word to perform it. In Psalm 107 verse 20, it says he sent his word to what? To heal us and therefrom to deliver us from all of our destruction. In James 1 verse 22, we learned that we are to be doers of the word and not hearers only. So friends, as we close out the series, which has 12 episodes to it, may I encourage both you and I to embrace the law of first reference, to go to the word of God first in the beginning, so that pain and consequential outworkings will not be our result. However, if in your life right now, Everything has come apart. It's fallen apart. There's pain, there's struggle, there's hurt, there's a broken heart. Things seem impossible. Well, how will you get out of that? Go to the Word of God. It's that incorruptible seed. Sow it in your heart. Begin to do husband as the Word of God says. Begin to do wife as the Word of God says. Begin to be father or mother, businessman, pastor or leader. Whatever it might be, whatever the context is, where there's pain... At this point in your life, go to the Word of God. Trust the Word of God. It's living. It's active. It's vibrant. God watches over His Word to manifest it, to bring it about. The Bible says in Psalm 138 verse 2, uh, God elevates His Word above all of His name. In other words, the highest estimation of God is His Word. When we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, it needs to be aligned to His Word. Otherwise, we diminish the power of the, of the name of Jesus Christ. So go to the Word of God. Trust the Word of God. Embrace the Word of God. 
apply the word of God, do the word of God. And I, on the evidence of God himself, our scriptures say to you, you will get God's prosperous and abundant life result. Until we next speak on the law of first institution, this is Abraham Foss saying farewell until next week when we start a new series. God blessed you all as you do the Word of God. We thank you for joining us in viewing this program and look forward to meeting with you next week as we continue with this series.